Everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, none other than one Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm actually feeling pretty good because I'm in Texas and I flew through a hurricane pretty much yesterday and got here okay, so... I'm probably the happiest Jet fan in the state of Texas currently. Um, there you go. There you go. Coming off, uh, I'm happy that you got home safe and sound with the wife. You know, you were in Vegas, had a good time. We'll get to that in my travels in a moment. Um, Jet fans, you're tuning in probably to hear what we think about the game, what we think about that first week, what we think about Zach, what we think about Salah, how the game went versus the Panthers, Sam Darnold, all that good stuff. Uh, Michael, I would don't want to be simplistic enough to say that it was the tale of two halves, even though that's pretty much how this one shook out. The first half was... Just a disaster, I guess, is the best way to say it. And I just felt um, a lot of Jet fans probably watching, a lot of Jet fans in the stadium felt if you just told me that, say you didn't know Salah was our coach, and you just I, I got dropped into this vacuum, and he told me Adam Gates was still the coach, I wouldn't be able to argue. Looked like the same old thing with the Jets. Offensive line not protecting anyone. Play calling was a little suspect. Defense couldn't stop really anything. Even one of those drives, uh, Carolina should have scored on Mike. They, uh, Sam Darnold was nice enough to go ahead and fumble the ball for us. However, the second half, they turned it around, looked a lot better. They fought back, and that's the one thing I will give the Jets as a positive here. I know at the end of the day, Zach Wilson's numbers may have not looked too bad, at least with the yardage and the touchdowns, Mike. Um, But they showed fight, and they showed that they're not going to give up. They hung in the game. They played some better defense in the second half. Yeah, They almost gave up 300 yards, total yards in the first half on defense. Uh, The first half, the second half, they only gave up around 100. So they played much better on defense. I think the offense was able to get a little something going there in the second half, at least. I don't know. It was up and down, Mike. We're going to get into our thoughts on the game as a whole. What were your takeaways uh, before we get into it from week one? Um, I like the national media putting out Sam Darnold is like some good quarterback. That game that you saw there, ladies and gentlemen, that's what Sam Darnold did against the Dallas Cowboys for us last year. Had all these yards in the first half and pretty much laid an egg in the second half. That's exactly what he did here. He had good weapons. He had uh, a team around him. And the Sam Darnold I saw on Sunday is the exact Sam Darnold that we're all used to. He was missing throws. He missed Ian Thomas. He fumbled the ball. He, you know, was just done. Most of his yards, I have some of the yak numbers here. They're pretty ridiculous. He was essentially just dumping off to Christian McCaffrey. That's the best weapon he's ever had. So, you know, um, if you want to go ahead and believe all the hype, go ahead. Let's see what what he looks like in week six or seven. Not trying to hate, but it is what it is. That's what I saw from Sam. It was the same as it always was with him. He This game should have been 35 nothing, 40 nothing. It was a decimation in the first half. Um, uh, coach 
Gase-led New York Jet team would have folded and not been able to really produce anything. But the fact that if you remember all of the Adam Gase games, we would come out really scoring on our first drives, scoring in the first half, and then second half, really nothing ever would come about from a value perspective. And that's quite the opposite of what we saw on Sunday. We saw a team that was bludgeoned, essentially, the quarterback, the offensive line, the defense, just all facets of the game. And the team was able to make adjustments at the half. And to me, the most important and most positive note that I took from this game was just that. And that just goes to show you that coaching matters. Um, Now, Again, was I happy with the results of the game? There were some things that have me very concerned at this point, which we'll get into soon. Um, But like Keith said, I am pleased to see the halftime adjustments and uh, the fight of this team. Remember, this is the youngest team in the National Football League. There was, I think, six or seven rookie starters going in onto a defense like Carolina. Carolina is a really good defense, everyone. If they're not some shab type team on defense and on offense, their weapons, McCaffrey and Moore, um, they have a pretty formidable uh, uh, weaponry, at least. It's just Sam is the is the one, you know, X factor, if you will. So um, that, you know, that was really my high level positive takeaway and, uh, you know, thoughts coming right off the bat. Yeah, Mike, I agree on a lot of that. Now, if you have a trained eye and you've been watching the Jets long enough, um, and I think you might have mentioned this to these guys last week that you're going to see games where Sam, I mean, his numbers look, I think, pretty good in this game. Um, I'm not going to say that he played badly, but I think it could be a little misleading. And I think the national narrative is always going to be interesting. I think th- we thought before this game, Mike, people are going to over-exaggerate one way or the other, either way. If Zach Wilson went out there and tore it up, oh my God, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sam's a bum. If Sam goes out there and wins the game and plays decent enough, they'll say he's great. The Jets made a mistake, et cetera, right? But throw a couple numbers at you, Mike, because you mentioned McCaffrey and what the difference he can make for quarterbacks and the difference he made for Sam Darnold here this weekend. Um, Sam Darnold attempted 35 passes, completed 24 passes. Nine of those went to Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, that's a high percentage of passes to go to the to the running back. McCaffrey also ran the ball 21 times. So they ran, um, they had 62 total plays, Michael, that they ran from scrimmage. 30 of the plays they ran, McCaffrey had the ball. He either threw the ball to them, threw the ball to him, or ran the ball with him. He was very, very effective. Um, you look at McCaffrey on the day, I think he had about 90 yards. And if you take away McCaffrey's yardage from Sam's day, he was 15 for 26, 190 yards. Okay. Had a rushing touchdown there up the middle, which is something he can do uh, for you if you leave that space there. But he also had the fumble there. So I'm not, obviously, you can't take McCaffrey away from Sam because that's part of his arsenal now. But I'm just saying that that addition to, um, that additional weaponry that he has, like you said, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who he hit with the big pass. Damn, that's probably his best pass of the day. I think that you should just play the wait and see game here if you are a Panthers fan, because if you you're probably not going to go up against younger secondary in the league, they're not going to go up against this year. That uh, McCaffrey man, he's just a game changer, Mike. He's yeah. a game changer, and what he was able to do there for Sam um, is really give him that that guy that that security blanket. You're going to have 90 yards and 10 catches. Um, almost 10 catches there for 90 yards. I mean, that's that that's a difference maker there. And I think one thing you mentioned, I do I do want to go back to is the fight they showed. Now I was at the game and I watched, you know, they went down 16-0, and it was kind of demoralizing the way that the defensive line of the Panthers was getting after our boy Zach. And they sacked him six times, Mike. It probably could have been a dozen, right? The way he was running around back there. Um 
And I remember another, I don't know if it was three and out, but another time they had to punt the ball back to Carolina. And it's right at the end of the half. And they had done nothing good this entire half so far. And I think they punted the ball. I don't know who made, it was either a good punt or someone made a good tackle on the return. And Salah's like off the sideline cheering, going crazy. Now I mental noted that, okay? Because that's the type of play a lot of coaches would overlook. They're thinking about halftime, their team's getting their butt kicked. Their young quarterback's not looking good, right? Mike, offense line looks horrible. Defense is getting torn apart for the most part in the first half, at least. And he's out there making, you know, he's out there, kept an eye on special teams and got fired up and let those guys know that play also in the scheme of things does matter. And those type of little things that coaches do, that's good coaching. That's okay, this good. is game one. This is the second, this is the second quarter of game one. Okay. And you're getting whooped and all the things I just said are going against you. And this dude's out there 10 yards out getting hyped off of a guy making a tackle on special teams. That's the difference with the coach we have now, as opposed to not just Adam Gase, even when they, we had Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a good coach, don't get me wrong, but very chill, very uh, um, stoic, the way he was on the sideline, right, Mike? Right. Uh, Salah's not like that. And I don't know what he said when he went in at halftime, but I know that he's leading by example, yeah. by being invested in every play. Even when we're getting whooped, and even when it's just a punt on special teams, and everything's going against you, and you're on the road, and all the things I mentioned, this guy's hyped. He's out there getting the getting the team hype still the best he can, trying to let them know this is not over yet. And they came back in the second half and they showed you, man, we're not going to be a team, even with this rookie quarterback and some of the uh, the places that we do have deficiencies. We're not going to be a team that's just going to go out like that, that's going to get their butts whipped, that's going to go out with their tail between the legs. They're going to fight to the end, Mike. Yeah, man, no, no doubt. And there was a couple of plays there that I did mental note as well. That was a really great point. I love that you said that because I do remember that same thing. And I also felt the same way when Braden Mann, our punter, got hurt. Oh, man. Amendola, my new boy. Rocked. Yo, new he boy, was son. rocking. <laughs> now, dog, I could not believe. Oh, my Keith, goodness. He hit the heat. I okay, Brave Man has any, and I shouldn't be getting amped over again, but this dude has not ever hit over 60 yards, punted 60 yards. Amadola yeah. comes back at 66, like that out of bounds. And then Sala was just like amped. And I'm like, oh, what? So, yes, I, I completely agree with you. And the, that rubs off on players because they're like, you know what? This dude's invested. He's not just invested in like looks and how things are, he's invested in the team as a whole, you know? And so I, uh, I really, really appreciated that. Um, but one thing that I wanted to um, bring up was what you were saying about Sam Darnold. Uh, I wanted to just put a difference there between the support Sam and Zach Wilson had throughout the game. These are stats by Michael Nania. Um, percent of yards through yards after catch, Yak. Wilson had 39% of his yards from Yak, Sam Darnold had almost 60% of all his yards from Yak. Mental Wow, that's a lot. Percent of passes dropped. Wilson, 20% of his plays were dropped. One of them, Elijah Moore, which would have been a 70 that yard bomb. bomb oh, and that would have been a difference maker. Of the, it would have been the best throw of any rookie quarterback of that, that period. That was a beautiful, Elijah dropped it. I'm pissed off at him on that. Mm -hmm. uh, Darnold had 8% of his passes dropped. Yeah. Percent of drop packs under pressure. Wilson was pressured over 51% of the time. So half the time he stepped back, he had people in his face. Sam Darnold, 33%. Man. And screen passes. Uh, uh, for production, Wilson had one 
screen catch, screen pass catch for negative three yards, Elijah Moore. And the other one, Sam Darnold had six catches, 41 yards, three first downs. So just, wow. just this is the, this is important things to understand. We, you know, when we're talking about, and then you see Sam's numbers and you see Zach's numbers and it's crazy. Actually, Zach actually caught up to him near the end of the game, but you look at what they both did and you got to take certain facts like that into consideration. So, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. And um, I mean, and if you're a Panther fan, I could totally understand you feeling good about the game. You got a W. That's what they wanted. You know, Sam did not like he blew the game. One of the things that me and Mike Moore are talking about is they got down there on that one drive and he fumbles that handoff to McCaffrey. Cost you a whole drive. Terrence Marshall's open in the end zone on that fade route, overthrows that. Now, these are things that didn't hurt you versus the Jets. We're not a good enough team to overcome them. Your defense was tearing it up. And other time, and you had McCaffrey and you were able to go up and down the field. Also hit that one strike to Robbie Anderson. That's probably Sam's, like I said, that's probably Sam's best pass of the day. But the game should have been out of reach. Like it's like, I, in my mind, I almost look at like he kept them in the game with right. some of the things that happened in the game. You and know? did you know Especially about, this. and did you know about that play real quick? I just wanted to throw some, you know what happened, right? The play before uh, Joyner got hurt. They took yeah. him out and they put that red wine cat in. First okay. play, they Sh- tried to hit him. Shemrick or Shem- Shemrick or whatever his name is. Yeah. Dude goes in there. Robbie just runs right past him and he just gets completely blown off. And what did the look? We got to call the Panthers. Great call. Play call. You saw it's great coaching, our, dude. Yeah. Great coaching. You saw the match mismatch. You put yep. Robbie in there and got to do that. That's got what him. Do. You know what gotta I'm saying? So got to try him. Good for you. And then Redwine got benched for another safety that I don't even know the name of this other cat that came in and played the whole rest of the game. So this is like this is stuff that you know what I'm saying. Like Robbie got it, but yeah, good coaching. Well, let's get more. Let's get back to the when we get back to the positives here with the squad. I think Marcus May played pretty good out there on defense. Looked good to me. Mike Phillips had a ton of tackles out there. Uh, Jonathan Franklin Myers had a sack. He played well. Uh, Zach also in the second half there. Now we know the first half was tough. You saw him throw that interception. That, was, that wasn't a great pass. There was some drop balls. So if he hits that ball to Elijah Moore there, which was just kind of one of those instinctual improvisational plays, he bombs down the field. I'm not saying that was an easy catch for Moore because it was not at all. Um, but he hits that, what was that, Mike, 60 yards maybe or something? 60, 70 yards? Oh, it, was like, 70 I mean, yard, it was a 70-yard reception. If they yeah, and caught that, it. that would have that would have changed things. Moore had another drop. He was, he was someone that I got to be honest, Mike, super disappointing day for me personally. Out of Elijah now with Crowder not playing this game, Mims only had the one target, I think. Mims had that one big catch. I really expected a lot out of Moore. And, I, you know, he only had four targets. It's not like he got 12 to him a ton. But, man, if he can't hold on to that one ball there, that, that could have changed things a lot. Maybe just the, the the pace of the game there and how things are going. Obviously, Corey Davis was targeted a lot. Him and him and, um, him and and Zach seemed to have a good rapport. Two touchdowns for Davis. Uh, and Zach did look like he started to get into a little bit of a groove in the second half. Had a little bit better protection, it seemed like. One thing we were not able to do at all was run the ball, which we were hoping was going to be a difference from what we saw last year. Even the year before, to a degree, where we always were putting Sam in those second and nines, second and eights, right? Mike, me and you were like, all right, look, if we could just be rocking out those four yards, a chunk, if that's our average, then you're rocking with second and six. You know, maybe you run it again and it's third and two. You have a lot of options. Uh, instead, we ran the ball 17 times for 45 yards. Ty Johnson didn't get many looks. I think the most carries on the squad was Coleman. He was the only one able to really able to do anything. We only averaged 2.6 a carry. And with the combination of uh, with the combination of pressure they put on Zach, Mike, and the way we were not able to do anything in the run game, I mean, how disappointed are you right now in the offensive line? 
Well, I, that's where we were going. I was going to talk about what my negatives were. Offensive line being the, the, the main issue I have and why I don't feel good today. Um, but before I get there, I'll say play calling was one of the issues that I had. LaFleur had a game plan and he stuck to it. And I don't like the fact that he did that. And not only that, he, there wasn't any real creativity. And also, why did he keep running to the right? Like the whole time I'm dreaming about this is like he's going to run towards, uh, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker and run towards Becton. And he keeps running to the right. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? This is, are you Adam Gase? Like, what what's going on? And there was no, it wasn't barreling any fruits. Nothing was coming of it. And then Zach was put into terrible situations. They kept bringing the house on him, which is understood, you know, what the defense did. So I thought the play calling, you know, I thought there could have been more play action. I thought there could have been more motion. I thought that there could have been more creativity really uh, back there. And I I was very disappointed with the play calling, especially in the first half. Again, some of the adjustments were made uh, in the second half, but really that adjustment was give it to Zach Wilson and let it go. And you should not do that to a rookie um, quarterback. Safety play was uh, one of the, my biggest disappointments. And then, of course, Elijah Moore. Um, I really thought he was going to come out and do his thing. And if people are like, well, he's a rookie, you know, I look at the, the Slim Reaper over there for the Eagles and he killed it. Um, so I, I, I had made a bet actually out there in Vegas that Elijah Moore was going to do better than Terrence Marshall and Jalen Waddell, two of my friends who are Miami Dolphin. And I lost both. And I, I was hyping him up. Like, I wasn't talking about Zach. I wasn't talking. I was like, yo, you don't even understand, you know, my boy. And it made me look terrible. So I'm pretty pissed off at Elijah Moore right now. And I'm not going to be wearing his jersey for any time soon. He took money uh, out of your pocket. Yeah, he did that. Embarrassed me in front of my friends. Um, Yeah, it was, it was embarrassing. And then, of course, the running backs were. But of all of the issues that I have, it is the offensive line. I'm going to tell you why. I am so unbelievably concerned. This quarterback, he is not going to develop if if this is going to continue. I, I mean, this offensive line has been bad for so long. And you're going to tell me that this is what we have to see after all these years? I mean, it wasn't even, they got annihilated. Oh. Annihilated. on the not, They couldn't, not only were they bad at pass blocking, but they were bad at run block. Oh, run well, blocking was horrific. Elijah Vera Tucker got thrown to the ground like a freaking baby. Connor McGovern looks like like the the reincarnation of that center we took from the Panthers a couple years ago. I mean, he looked horrific. Van Roten, what what was Fant starting at right tackle for? Like I didn't understand that at all. Morgan Moses, you know, we talked about it. We thought Morgan Mo- Morgan Moses got in there. The, the line actually did a little better. You yeah, know what I'm true. saying? That's and true. then, and Becton, you know, and I'm learning something also that, you know, when I hear these beat writers and what they're saying, they've been telling us that the offense line has been getting their ass whooped in, in training practice all, all summer. They've been saying it. And then when we get to the preseason, we're like, oh, no, no, no. True. What they've been saying happened. And it happened. And it, and I'm concerned because Zach, as good and as talented as that young man is, um, he will not grow as a quarterback if he's running for his life like that. And you, everything that we wished or thought was going to happen offensively, I don't care what wide receivers you have. I don't care what – if you give the quarterback less than two seconds to throw every single step back, 
we're going to fail. So I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, and I'm, and again, this is why I feel, I don't feel good. I get the comeback. This single issue is like, you guys you better get this crap right, man. You, you bet this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. Okay. And that's my feelings on it. Yeah, we are. Mike, we are, you know, we're on the exact same page. I mean, sometimes after these games, guys, one of us is more excited than the other. Um, I, and I've seen a lot of articles written about how, and like, even, even like we said earlier, you know, they did show fight. They did show me things. I didn't come away from this game, Mike, with nothing. Okay. However, when the smoke clears from that, oh my God, we fought back in the second half. Zach showed us a little something. Um, when the smoke clears and settles, what I remember from the game is just watching Wilson every time he dropped back look like he had absolutely no time. And I know that they have Burns and he's ridiculously good. Most pressures in the league. They have a lot of good players on defense. Uh, probably an underrated defense here in the NFL the Panthers have, I think. And um, I understand it's his first game also, Mike. So he maybe he was getting a little bit of those happy feet. I understand that also. All the factors you, you put in there, all everything in context, I understand. But it's scary to think, wow, if our offensive line is this bad, Right. If we haven't improved at all, which we thought, like Michael said, in the preseason, it's such a good point, Mike, because we did hear they're getting their butts kicked and this and that. But we're like, I right, watched well, the preseason. It's not it's not, you know, it's not um, the games don't count yet. They're probably just figuring it out. And to come out there and play like that week one, if that's how they're going to play, then we're going to be in second and short all the time. We're not going to be able to run the ball at all. It's, it's just trickle down effect. If you can't run the ball. So then you put Zach in a situation. We said it last week. I said it, we said it on the show with these guys. Um, if Zach Wilson's in a situation where he has to come from behind and the Jets are always in passing downs or it's second and eight, second and nine, third and 10, or whatever the case, um, then all the Panthers have to do is just reel back and blitz the kid. You know, it's not that hard. And they, that's what they did. And they really, really put a lot of pressure on him. They really put a lot of pressure on us in the run game too in the backfield. They were in the backfield soon. Guys weren't holding blocks. We weren't um, getting to the second level on any of these runs, Mike. Be a run here and there, and, and you look at the way that um, Michael Carter ran for carries. Mike gets six yards, one and a half, one and a half yards to carry. Now we're not going to say this is going to be indicative of how his entire career is going to go. But one of the things you and I were worried about coming into this season was, yeah, everyone says, yeah, we know he's small, but he was really productive at UNC. I get that, but this is the NFL. If you're five nine and you're a buck ninety five in the NFL, you better be running a four three five. You can't just be shifty this weekend, man. Every time he got the ball was just was just a negative play, Mike. And that that, that was really that was really disappointing as well. He's not another rookie. I was disappointed in the pass blocking grades for each of the uh, offensive line. Becton was fifty nine point seven. Tucker was forty point six. McGovern was forty nine point three. Van Roten was a fifty eight, and George Fant was a forty eight point nine. Did they have Moses yeah, on there? Did they yeah, have Moses on there or no? They he did they didn't. This okay, yeah, he might not from, he might not have enough snaps. This is from Connor. This is from Connor Hughes' uh, stats. Wow. I mean that that is wow freaking ridiculous. That is ridiculous, and that is that is why I'm pissed off today. But there were some positives, Keith. My number one, well, well actually not my number one, but one of the most pleasant surprises to me was the play of the cornerbacks. Now, last in week one, fewest yards per target by cornerbacks in the entire NFL. Eagles, 4.4 yards per target. 49ers, 5.0. And the New York Jets, 
5.1. They were third in the NFL in yards per target by cornerbacks. And not just that, they had zero penalties, zero missed tackles, and they gave up zero touchdowns. The only other team that did that was the Miami Dolphin cornerback group. When I look at Bryce Hall and Brandon Eccles and Michael Carter II, it was actually Michael Carter II who was playing in the slot. I'm not going to go out and start saying, oh, yeah, you know, our quarterbacks are great. But for a first time debut at that in that arena against those weapons. Hey, good job, dudes. Good damn job. It was you were one of the few units that I said, OK, <laughs> that they played way better than I thought all these, you know, it was the safeties that really was that was really killing us from the secondary perspective. I sure. did talk about halftime adjustments already. Um, the D line, some people may get on Quinnen, but actually Quinnen only played 24 snaps. And of that, he was sixth in the NFL among interior linemen with uh, um, six pressures on the quarterback. So. We could say what we want. I think he's still getting back healthy there. And I thought Bryce Huff and I thought, you know, uh, JFM did a pretty good job. That defense in the second half definitely did a pretty good job. Um, but my favorite uh, player, uh, my number one player for uh, what we saw on Sunday was Corey Davis. Five receptions on seven targets, 71.4% catch percentage, 97 yards, 19.4% yards per reception he had a hundred zach had 153.3 qbr when targeting him and he had two touchdowns um and four first downs Corey davis was everything and more that we expected from a number one receiver i heard on multiple fantasy platforms he is a must pick up and he is and he may end up being a very good fantasy asset going forward I, I, Keith, he was beating their number one cornerbacks, legitimately beating them. Okay. And Zach was finding him. And so I, when I was watching Corey, especially that second touchdown, you remember that second touchdown when he did that out route? Corner was on him, son, but he got into the where he needed the position and then Zach threw it where he needed to. And it was perfect. I mean, he just scooped it in, right? You know what I'm saying? That's what we need our receivers to do. So I, uh, him, and and obviously Zach Wilson's second half, his it's his toughness. That poor kid, first half, he was six for 16, 37%, uh, 84 yards. He had an interception. That interception was a bad uh, uh, decision there, 5.3 yards per attempt. And then the second half, he was he threw 66%, 174 yards, two touchdowns, 8.3 yards per attempt. Um, and I thought that young Zach, even though he was making some bad decisions and obviously he was running for his life in the first half i thought the fact that he was able to stay cool and mentally like not see ghosts right and be able to then come back in the second half and do that when i look at sam i look at what had sam used to do he would go first half first quarter like boom 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 and then he would just disappear for the rest of the year right but this kid got his ass beat in the first half learned some and came yeah. back and did what he had to do you know what? Again, I'm not going to be all here. Zach's going to be the greatest ever. I, I I have positive feelings from what I saw from what Zach was able to do, but I'm more again. I'm worried about him with the offensive line.
So and one other guy um, I want to mention, Michael, is someone that before the season started, you said was probably going to be a surprising contributor on offense, and that's Braxton Berrios. He had as many targets actually this weekend as Corey Davis. I know Crowder didn't play, and that's a byproduct of that. But you look at Elijah Moore, who was disappointing, had his shot there. And even, like we said, didn't get targeted a lot, had a shot there on that one bomb. Um, Mims only had the one target. Braxton Berrios, seven targets, five catches, 51 yards for Berrios this weekend. So he played pretty good. And you mentioned him already. I think Jonathan Franklin Myers, Mike, be not on a lot of people's radar. I know we mentioned him. I think we mentioned him last week on the Panthers podcast for those boys. Had a sack, had another tackle for a loss. He's a guy you're going to have to look out look out for, I think. Uh, Quinn Williams didn't play much, Mike, so he didn't make too much of a difference in the game. And look, man, it was hard for me to know what this is going to look like or for me to even envision when we were predicting what do we think is going to happen week one. I was like, wow, man, well, we have a new coach, a new quarterback, a new offensive scheme, a new defensive scheme. Like, there's so much newness and so many rookies. It's hard for me to really know what I'm going to see. And I think now we're starting to get a, a taste of it. All right. We thought our offensive line would be much better. Didn't look like that week mm-hmm. one. Okay. We thought it would be able, we did try to run the ball. We weren't wrong with that. Couldn't do it, though. Okay. We're in second and short the whole entire day on Zach. They're wondering, does Zach Wilson have the grit? When it comes here in the NFL, that's something people people worried about. He's playing out there in BYU and not the toughest competition, this and that. What's going to happen when he gets in the NFL and he's down a couple of touchdowns at halftime on the road? Well, we saw it, man. He stepped up to the plate. He played much better in the second half, Mike. So there was some some positives to take away from this game. And it's only week one, like we always say. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I thought what I was saying last week is maybe 17, 13, a pretty close game, um, ended up being a close game. The Panthers didn't really weren't able to do too much in the second half. I think they made and one thing I, I forgot to mention earlier, Mike, which I want to give Coach Salas some credit for is one thing we would complain about all Jet fans, all Jet fans that watch the games and kind of understand what they're watching would watch us play with Gase for the past couple seasons, Mike, and never adjust like whatever it was we were doing that wasn't working. We just continued to do it the whole game, it seemed like, for four quarters. And even though he wasn't involved on the defensive side of the ball, he's the head coach. So it even seemed like sometimes we're on defense. Maybe we should make adjustments. He didn't go stick his two cents in and say, hey, Greg Williams, you know, we need to change some things around here. The Jets in the second half, same personnel, minus Becton. A lot of the injuries we had, we're going to get into in a second. A lot, of, a lot of injuries we had there, even coming into this game, then a lot of injuries in the first half. Went at things different. They approached things differently. They're like, like you said... Uh, they're going to put the ball a little bit more in Wilson's hands, which you don't want to do, but it's what they did. They had some success there. That first, that, the, the first touchdown drive, he looked really good on it. And in the first half and the second half, had a couple big first down conversions to Tyler Croft. Mike, the first touchdown pass, though, was one of those improvisational kind of went, kind of rolling out to the right, throws it out to, to Davis. Davis kind of slides and gets it. That's just something that is the byproduct, I think, of all the chemistry they built in this offseason, which you've spoken of on here. Joeing on the field with Corey Davis and how, how good he looks. I maybe didn't think Corey Davis was going to be or could be as good as he's looked in the preseason in this first game. I was completely wrong. I think going into the next week here with the Pats, uh, you know, you have another rookie quarterback coming in, Mac Jones, McCorkle. who they kept, <laughs> you know, they kept it. They kept it pretty simple for Mac Jones last week, had a touchdown. Um, a lot of attempts. I think he threw the ball as many times as Zach. I think he threw it 35, 36 times also. I don't have his numbers in front of me right now. But they kept it simple. They're, they don't. They didn't have a receiver with a crazy day on New England. Um, they're the running back. Harris played really well. They played really good defense. Tua, Michael, you've been saying it for a while. You don't think he's the truth. You don't think he's the guy. Didn't look like it this weekend. Even though they won the game. Don't get me wrong. Dolphins won the game. Tua did not look that great to me. Patriots played really good on defense. Uh, and I thought they could have come over with that W there. They just couldn't, they couldn't finish it off. But going into this weekend, first home game, first home game for Zach, 
Patriots coming in to MetLife Stadium. Mike Jets are five point underdogs. Now, the offensive line, like we said, is going to be scary. Bill Belichick scheming against that offensive line, coming up with ways to put pressure on Zach, does scare me a little bit. I do think that the Jets have a good chance of winning this game this weekend, though. What do you think going in this Patriot game? Jets chances are walking out of there with a W. Well, when I look at their defense, what they got Vanoy back, they got Hightower, middle linebacker, and then they got JC Jackson, pretty decent. Adrian Phillips and McCourty is free safeties. Those two are beasts. Um, cornerback, uh, what they got Jalen Mills, um, who's 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 pretty good. And then they got um their defensive line, uh Dietrich Wise and Lawrence Guy. So, I mean, look, I, I when they got, it looks like they have Henry Anderson over there. So, um, and Matt Judon, excuse me, he's the, he's the weak side linebacker and Jackson is the other cornerback. So I don't really see anybody that like truly, truly scares me except for what the, what Mr. Bill Belichick is going to do, uh, scheme wise. And then when I look at them offensively, you know, Mac Jones, which Kobe Myers and Nelson Aguilar, there's nothing really there. That's really scary to me. John Smith is decent, you know, but um again it's i think it's going to be this game is going to be more about scheme and it's going to be more about coaching against one another because of the talent um you can say the patriots have the the, the high bar with talent but i think sure. we have the the talent on quarterback um mac jones had a pretty simple game call against the dolphins and i really pay you know i lost money on the dolphins because i thought the dolphins were going to be able to cover and they didn't and i was with my boy and i'm like yo you better not lose to Mac. And he's like, yeah, we shouldn't. And he was pretty upset, actually, that they ha weren't doing as good as they thought. So we'll see what happens. I think next week we'll get more of an idea and understanding of the value of where these teams actually placed and are. As you saw, the Bills lost. I'm not even going to say nothing. I'm not even going to say nothing because I'm just not, okay? But I do I think that the Jets can win? Absolutely, I think they can win. <clears throat> I think that... A lot of people, you know, because the Jets are the Jets. I heard on some some podcasts, they're like, oh, yeah, the Jets, they stink. And, and it's like, did you did you watch the game? Like they weren't the same team that was last year. So if you're automatically saying that you're just a fool to me. Um, so a lot of, you know, I'm sure everyone saying Patriots because it's the Patriots. And yes, Bill Belichick, I'm sure is going to be th running, throwing the whole fridge at Zach Wilson. I really hope that this coaching staff learn their lesson. I hope that the running, the offensive line uh, can gel together this week and come up with a game plan, protect Zach. We don't need you to be the greatest. Just give him some time and he can make plays. We need Crowder back. We need Cole back. Um, I'm very disappointed with how they're using Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims caught a 40 yard catch his first damn receipt. Like I understand. Yeah, I guess coaches you guys have issues with him because he doesn't know the X, Y and Z understood. Stop wasting talent. He can play. Okay, uh, maybe I don't know what he did to who he's better than Jeff Smith. And I don't I don't I, maybe I'm not a football person. He is. I don't need you people to tell me that Jeff, he's Jeff Smith is not a better receiver than Denzel Mims. He's not. Okay, so stop with the games, all right? Because I because I understand, and I know it's not games. I'm sure it's something he did. We need to win games. Take the talent you have and put it out there. Because I know Denzel Mills can play. He can catch. He's fast, 
and you you could see it you know what I mean? and by the way that throw that zach made to mims was oh have you ridiculous. seen it that yeah, is oh, i've seen it i was i watched upper, it right in front of me yeah you were, you yeah. were there <laughs> son it was when he yeah. made that throw i was like oh my god like that, that it, well you know what was nice for me throw. was and uh, i gotta say the people of charlotte and the people of north Carolina are all very nice friendly mike it's not like I almost feel bad because now I'm the whole time I was there, I'm thinking of the way opposing teams fans get treated when I'm at a jet game, which isn't always the best. Uh, and I've been part of that in my past. I'm guilty of that myself. Don't get me wrong, Michael. Um, these people were all very friendly, very nice. Even when they were talking smack, it was almost like I was, I was, I was like, oh, that's cute. It's nice to see them, at least in that second half, get a little nervous when we got that touchdown. And then we get some stops on defense. The game was kind of stagnant. We get another touchdown, though. And then we go for the onsides. In my mind, I'm like, don't even let this happen. Don't let me be at this game. That we get the onsides back and we go and take a W. Don't let Zach Wilson be this legend. Um, and they played some defense. He almost, almost could have got the ball back there at the end. So there was some there was some moments there in the second half, at least. Um, we made them a little nervous. And I do want to say to all the people that are, you know, friends of ours that we've seen, Jets are on, different people, Michael, that are jumping to conclusions about the Jets or this regime two quarters or three quarters into the first game. Right? The people that are doing that, you're an idiot. You're idiots. I mean, you just, just, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just, it's, I don't understand the thought process of being like, "Ah, I saw three quarters, that's it. You know, or what, or anybody that, you know, saw Sam this weekend and is overreacting. Like me and me, Mike, you used to be spoke about how we know we're going to come out of this with overreactions one way or the other. And I felt myself with the, you know, the, the roller coaster of emotions during the game from the first half to the second half after the game, feeling much better about the game and stuff like that. But we got to take each one of these games one at a time, assess them for what they are, right? Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Don't get too crazy. Let's let's see how this season plays out. And, you know, I do think like we've mentioned throughout the show, a bunch of positives to take away from the game. Unfortunately, there was a lot of injuries in the game. Now, Joyner is going to be out for the rest of the season, it looks like, Michael. Uh, with the elbow injury. We know Makai Becton, that looked like it was going to be. And that was just demoralizing for a lot of reasons because of the way we were playing also. And then that injury happened. That's when I got this feeling, real quick one, just of the same old Jets, right? We look, we look I'm embarrassed. I'm in a stadium. Only the Jets are playing like crap. One of my, I have his jersey on. I'm rocking the Becton. I had the color rush on, Michael. Make sure I stood out with the greenest of green I possibly could. Um, and he gets hurt. So that was demoralizing. But to hear that it's only an MCL, not that you want to have any injury. Mike, I know you, you've had knee issues too. I've messed my MCL up. So that's, you know, you can play with that. And if he wasn't as gigantic as he is, that's right. that's an ACL. He's done for. The fact that he's enormous, he was able to withstand that. If he wasn't that big a guy, he's probably he's probably done for the season. But when you go through the injuries we've had, um, Mike, this run up to week one, and then after week one, we know we put Cam Clark on the IR in the middle of August. Lawson, we know that injury was demoralizing as well. Vinny Curry had the blood disorder. Um, very strange. He's out for the season. Kenny Phillips is on the IR. Connor McDermott's on the IR. Gerard Davis right now is on the IR with an ankle. Uh, Ashton Davis on the IR, Michael. Neesman right now on the IR. Joiner, as we just mentioned, out for the season. Beckton out for four to six. Crowder should be back next week from COVID, but didn't play this past weekend. Braden Mann. LeBron James a punting Michael thing also out four to six weeks here. He blasted his first punt. Yeah, 50, um, 58, I think. 58 a lot or of the, yeah, crushed it. Crushed yeah. it. And a lot of the Panther fans around me thought he was embellishing that injury. Now they know he actually was banged up there. So tough spot to be in, considering what we're trying to do here with his rebuild, considering what we're trying to do here with um, you know, build up the talent levels at all these spots on the depth chart, Mike, to start getting injuries here and there. Um, put you in a tough spot right at the beginning of the season. But hey, that's what the NFL is all about. Next man up, 
and next game up this weekend versus the Patriots. And I did have a blast. I just want to say everyone uh, in Carolina, not that any Panther fans are listening to this, but um, did have a blast down there. Had, had a really good time. Stadium is beautiful, Mike. I go to all, you, you see other stadiums and they're all just so much better looking than MetLife, which is just like a big gray blob. As we all know, Jets and Giant fans agree on that at least. Had a really good time, had a good adventure. I'm gonna, me and Mike are gonna have a vlog for you this week. His adventures in Vegas, my adventures with my wife, traveling down to Charlotte to the Panther game and the game itself and the safari uh, park we went to after the game where a 1,200 pound animal stuck its head in my car. Yes, that did happen. We will get to that as well. Um, but Michael, this Patriot game, predictions, and then we'll get out of here. What are you feeling? What's your gut telling you? How are we going to walk away from this one this weekend? I want to say we're going to win, but I just, I think we're going to lose because of Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm probably still seeing ghosts from the last time. Oh, see? I'm probably it's tough. seeing it's ghosts. Tough. It's now tough, it's, man. I, I, yeah. I just, I just, I, I saw what happened that first. I really hope they can. I mean, I'm, I'm terrified of the offensive line. I'm terrified because what I saw really concerned me, and it really concerned me to the point where I'm like, we may lose a lot, a lot of games this season if this is what it's going to be. If, if I need to see the offensive line play better for me to get more hope, I, I don't. It's not that I feel bad, and I, I also want to see Lafleur. You know call a more creative game uh and and elijah moore to actually just do something just do yeah. something that you did you you showed us that you were the most talented player on the team show the world like i was wow. speaking to the world about you telling cats like putting my entire reputation on the line you know what i'm saying out there with your with your jersey on in vegas you know what i'm saying and you just crushed my. Mike, you know what I feel like? Soul, son, it hurt. You know what I feel like? Remember the time that back in the day, Mauricio Shogun Ruha debuted for the UFC, and I was like, Mike, you don't understand. This guy is going to strangle every single person he fights. He's going to kill everyone. He fought this guy Forrest Griffin. I'm like, Michael, this is going to be over in two minutes. This fight, and you went and told all your friends that, and then he got his ass beat. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, man. I'm so I felt. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I gave you the wrong information. And it's so funny, I've never seen writers write words like they did about a player like a lot. Like the, the superlatives, the, the positives, yeah. the route running, all these things. Me and you were like, Is clear? are they even serious? And then not to say, you know, I'm not gonna, the kid only had one game, I get four targets. What I are you know, gonna do with I four know, targets? Know, but, um, and I'm more of concerned with that first drop, which when at least when I was watching the stadium, looked like Zach just put it on him, kind of a bang, bang play there. Yeah. The second one's a bomb. I would have wished he held onto the ball, tough. Um, the other two targets didn't didn't really get anywhere near him, but I mean, hey, got a chance next week, kid. I mean, Crowder will be back, but I think the Patriots here, they have a lot of good players on, on defense, but if we go behind early, they're going to be slinging it again. So I'm um, hell of a chance to redeem himself, Mike. It's going to be a long season. We're going to need him to come through. If we're going to be a good squad this year, it's going to need, I think, to be Davis and to be um, Elijah Moore stepping up. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, who I think is going to win? I don't know, Mike. I got this feeling that the Jets are in this new era and we're in this new time, this new experience with this team where I've always conditioned myself like any abusive relationship. That's the one we have with the Patriots the past 20 years, where whether it's boy, um, the Sanchez gets drafted, right? And we'd watch him and be nervous when he'd play against them because like, damn, Belichick's gonna figure out something. And he would always have a bad game. But fumble, Mike. Five other games you can name off the top of your head were horrible. Um, Geno Smith going against them. I'd always have this feeling in my stomach like I was going to be sick. Name the quarterbacks after that. McCown, Fitzmagic. Um, we drafted Sam. Felt the same way. What happened? He embarrasses every single time he played against the Patriots, Mike. So our experience playing that team, it's not a good one. It's not a good one. But 
I do feel like this is a new team. And, you know, it's hard for me to tell you X's and O's wise and personnel wise, the Jets are better than the Patriots. But I do think that they do match up decent against this squad. But if the offensive line plays the way that it played last week, um, it's going to be hard for us, me to see us winning any games, you know? I didn't go with us last week, and you did. And you based your, your pick last week just off pure emotion, okay? Yeah. I went with pure logic last week. We're going to flip the script on you guys this week. Mike's using his head. Your boys here is letting you all know that this is not the old days anymore. Not the old days, Mike, okay? I hope you're right. It's a new time, a new era. And when Mac Jones comes into this, this um, to MetLife this weekend, Michael, how about this? He's getting smacked around. He's going to get smacked around, Mike. I want his name to be McCorkle. I want that shouted from the rooftops. McCorkle. That's it. That's all I want. I can't. Because I just, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. I get it. He's in a system. I just don't. I never found him to be a good quarterback. I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong, you know. But uh, what was your th opinion of the other rookie quarterbacks? The little that you saw from Fields? Um, well, Fields, I think what they did was smart. I mean, yeah. obviously, obviously yeah. Fields is, you know, way more dynamic than Andy Dalton. But if you have an Andy Dalton on the squad, there's no reason not to let Fields see what the NFL is like for a month. Go out there, prepare like a starter for a month, come in some plays. He's so, what Fields can do, especially in the red zone, Mike, if you're inside the 10 yard line, which is what they did, you know, um, he's such a weapon in that way, passing the ball and running the ball. I think he rushed for a touchdown, I think, Fields, he right? In the game. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think it's smart what the Bears are doing. So you can't really give him a grade yet. Uh, Garoppolo is slain all over the place. So Lance is tough to give a grade to also, even though Lance got, got in there for a couple plays. Um, Mac Jones looked good. I think Lawrence looked up and down. You know, I give his grade maybe like a C. He obviously had three touchdowns, but he had a lot of bad passes. I thought and Zach he, played better. Yeah, you know, and it's, I don't want to, like any of these guys, Mike, it's it's one game in their rookies and it's the NFL. So I'm not going to overreact one way or the other on any of these guys, um, even with Lawrence, because he looked bad, then he, then he looked much better. It, it's still hard to say. They don't have, not like Jacksonville has a tremendous offensive line in front of him either down, down there in Jacksonville. So I don't know. I would give, I think I'd give Lawrence a C. I think I'd give our boy Zach maybe like a C plus. You know, and I'd give probably Mac Jones maybe like a B, a B minus, because everything they asked him to do, he did do. You know, and one thing he is, Michael, is accurate. That's what he was in college. And that's what this Patriot offense is predicated off. They're trying just to get six and seven yard gains on these short slants and on those little gadget plays every single time. So um, I don't know, maybe he's a good fit there. And we're going to find out this weekend. But I hope, I hope, like I said, this is the start of something new, Mike. Oh, I hope that this is the podcast when we say, oh, remember podcast 127, Mike? Remember when I was talking all that smack? Remember when I was talking that smack, Mike? About how we're flipping the script. It's a new time, a new era. Forget the Patriots. Forget them. Robert Salah era is here. The Zach Wilson era is here. The Joe Douglas empire is here. Episode 127. We'll come back to this one day. Okay? <laughs> we'll come back to this day. I'll play this video. Hey, Michael, man. in the future. When this beard right here will be all white. All white by then, Mike. Instead of just a little white. And I'll be like 127. I told you guys what's up, Michael. Okay? That's what's up? I hope so, man. I can't. I, bro, that's all. I just, uh, man, I just, I'm done, man. All right, everyone. That's all we got for you this week. Michael had a blast out there in Las Vegas. He survived. Made it home in one piece. Shout out to Bennett. Shout out to wifey Tabitha and everyone else you spent some time out there with. Um, I had a blast in North Carolina with my beautiful wife. She's the most fun person in the world. Um, I had a great time, Michael. Game didn't go all I wanted, but hey, next week, this is what's fun thing about the NFL. You got another one coming up right away. Uh, Patriots on Sunday, Michael. If anyone does want to get at us, support us, be a part of the ABG world in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? 
please follow us on YouTube. Please just go to Ain't Easy Being Green. You can find us there. Like and subscribe. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Good action next week, everybody. Peace out. Thank mm-hmm. you.